0: ABC listen. Podcasts, radio, news, music and more.
1: Hi, I'm Sam Hawley coming to you from Gadigal land. This is ABC News Daily. We're hearing a lot about artificial intelligence recently, and it's a really mixed bag. It's technology, some experts say, can save lives, while others are warning it could become so powerful it will actually destroy humanity. Today, AI expert and chief scientist at the University of New South Wales AI Institute, Toby Walsh, on why he thinks we should be alert but not alarmed. Toby, it seems like our hopes for AI are somewhat crumbling to a point where we're even being warned it could lead to the extinction of humans.
0: (laughs) Yes, um, people are getting a bit concerned. I'm not completely worried that um, Mm. it's going to be an existential risk, a risk that will destroy all of humanity, but there are definitely real risks and we're already starting to see some of them. We saw uh, pictures, well, what we thought were pictures of the Pentagon with an explosion that moved the stock market. Turned out that they were fake, generated by AI. We've seen examples where people have had their voices cloned and been scammed um, by bad people. We've seen banks robbed by uh, the similar same technology. So there are definitely things that we start to need worrying about.
1: Okay, so we're going to talk about these concerns in a moment. But can you just remind us first, Toby, what is so different about artificial intelligence to other technologies we've become used to? What's the big shift that we've been seeing here?
0: There are two big shifts. The first is just the speed with which the technology is getting into our lives. It's no coincidence that ChatGPT was the fastest growing app Mm -hmm. ever in the hands of a million people after a week, 100 million at the end of the first month, now in the hands potentially of Billions of people. That that was quicker than Instagram, quicker than Twitter, Facebook. Then the other thing is just that, that this is the first technology we've had where it can make decisions. I mm. mean, previous technologies, we've automated our muscles, we've mechanised things and replaced things that required manual labour. Mm-hmm. But now we're replacing mental labour, and that raises a serious question as well. What's left for humans?
1: Yeah. Okay, so let's have a look again now at these concerns experts in the field uh, raising, really, starting with this statement that was released by the leaders of the top AI companies. Tell me about that. It's a short one sentence, 22 words, but it really packs some punch, doesn't it?
0: It is. It's a very short, a pithy statement, which got really the the world's attention, Mm -hmm. saying that this is an existential risk and we should put it in the same bucket as uh, the potential for nuclear annihilation.
1: Technology chiefs are warning there's a risk humans could become extinct from artificial
0: intelligence. From top AI companies are saying in a statement, quote, mitigating the risk of extinction from AI should be a global priority alongside other societal scale risks such as pandemics and nuclear war. It's worth pointing out there are many people working in the field like myself who decided not on the balance of probabilities decided that mm-hmm. we felt it was perhaps a little bit alarmist. There are certainly significant harms. I certainly can see, for example, the upcoming US presidential election being um, severely compromised by the misuse of these technologies.
1: Mm, this one sentence statement, it was signed by leaders from OpenAI, Google DeepMind, and other AI labs, so, you know, leaders in the field. Of course, Geoffrey Hinton, he also signed this statement. He's touted as the godfather of AI, and he quit Google, didn't he? So he could speak more freely about the potential harms of AI.
0: I suddenly realised that maybe the computer models we have now are actually better than the brain. And
1: if that Tell me happens, about what he's been saying.
0: So, yes, Jeffrey is the person who, more than anyone else, in fact, on the planet, being responsible for the current wave of interest that we see in AI. He was the person behind deep learning, the deep learning revolution. And he is expressing some regrets, I think, um, about Mm -hmm. the direction it's going we might end up with machines that do put a lot of people out of jobs, for example, do Mm. contribute to breaking down the structure of our society, do pollute our political discourse. I think those are very real fears. But whether it really is existential in the sense that it's going to wipe humanity off the face of the planet, I think is perhaps taking those concerns a little too far.
1: Okay, because he also gives the example of sort of Vladimir Putin, what someone like Vladimir Putin can do with AI to illustrate how things can actually go very, very wrong.
0: For the existential threat, the idea it might wipe us all out, that's like nuclear weapons because... We do live under uh, a constant threat of nuclear war, Mm. but at the end of the day... It's not artificial intelligence that's behind that, it's people, it's people. Maybe AI is amplifying their ability to do harm, but it's bad people who are ultimately going to be responsible if it is something like that.
1: Yeah, I can see Putin spoke about the importance of AI in 2017 during a talk to students saying that whoever became the leader in this sphere will become the ruler of the world. What do you think about that?
0: I think there is some truth to that. And it's not mm. just Russia, not just Putin who believes that. The Chinese are also investing heavily. They've made it a cornerstone of their plan for economic dominance and military dominance. But we come back to this point that ultimately it puts the power in the hands of humans. Uh, and it's humans uh, who are going to be misusing it.
1: Yeah, okay. And so also there was, Toby, wasn't there an open letter signed last month by 1,800 researchers calling for a six-month pause on development of the latest AI models? That was even signed by Elon Musk. uh,
0: Now, what happens when something uh, vastly smarter than the smartest person uh, comes along in silicon form? Uh, It's very difficult to predict what will happen in that circumstance. So I think we should be
1: Tell me about that and what you think about that. Uh,
0: Yes, so so there was this letter. It was signed by, again, uh, many air researchers. This, a bit more specific, a a, a little less alarmist in the sense that it wasn't saying that humanity was necessarily destined for extinction, but suggesting that the the technology was was being released in an incautious way and that that perhaps there should be a six-month moratorium while we work out what exactly to do. A couple of challenges with this letter. Uh, one is that it's not clear that six months is actually really going to solve anything. If I look back at what we've achieved in the last six months, we haven't solved many of the issues that are being raised in many quarters, not just by this letters. And then the other thing is I'm not sure that we actually want to stop research. Actually, I think we want to do more research to look into the harms, work out how we deal with the harms. I think the, the what we should be calling for is a six-month moratorium on the deployment of such models, putting them in the hands of the public where they can cause mischief.
1: Yeah, okay. So let's have a look at what else, Toby, can be done to perhaps slow things down just a bit so we can catch up with this technology. I can see there's a push from the US President Joe Biden to regulate this sector. Sam Altman, the Chief Executive of Open AI, he appeared in a Senate testimony warning that the risks of advanced AI systems were serious enough to warrant government intervention. If this technology goes wrong, it can go quite wrong. Uh, And we want to be vocal about that. We
0: want to work with the government to prevent that from happening.
1: So if the government does intervene or governments around the world, what would that look like?
0: Well, we are seeing governments wake up and actually look at regulating and perhaps the country or the countries furthest along. And this is the European Union. They have Mm -hmm. the EU AI Act. That is likely to set a very strong precedent for the rest of the world and indeed, very likely that that um, we will start to see regulation happening around AI technologies. That regulation potentially might look quite similar to what is happening in Europe.
1: Yeah, OK. And so what are we doing here? I know the Minister Ed Husic, he's been speaking about more safeguards you know that are needed to protect society.
0: I think we will make sure that once we go through the consultation that we've got regulations that give people that confidence and assurance uh, that the laws are fit for purpose and we set out. But can
1: we, we actually protect society from ai?
0: Oh, i'm I'm confident that we can. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm a bit fearful that we might you know end up in the same place that we ended up with social media and that that um, there's lots of fake news and polarisation and I mean, one of the challenges is that we tend to believe things that we see with our eyes or hear with our ears. And now we're going to have to teach ourselves that that picture of the Pope in the white puffer jacket, not real, made (laughs) with generative AI. Uh, The good news with AI is that we're earlier in the game here and we're only just starting to see some of the harms. It's only just starting to play a significant part of our lives. And so in some cases, it may be just... um, empowering the regulator and getting the regulator the resources and the the, capa- the digital capabilities to to look more um, carefully at what's happening in their space. So there's a lot we could do without new regulation, just by applying existing regulation.
1: Mm. Toby, it's all a bit worrying, but I think you have a more positive view. You don't think that AI will wipe out humanity altogether, which is which is good. And AI is here to stay, isn't it? It's not going anywhere. We need to kind of live with it.
0: It isn't. There are going to be immense benefits to our lives. There are you know, two new antibiotics that were discovered by artificial intelligence in the last year. If you're in a hospital in Adelaide today, there's a, a, a life-saving AI tool that is monitoring you, working out if you're at risk of going into ICU or even at risk of dying in the next 24 hours and saving, again, people's lives. So there's, there's lots of wonderful examples of, of how artificial intelligence is already starting to improve our lives, um, and that's only the beginning. But equally, we know, we do have to be concerned about some of the misuses that we've talked about today. There's there's plentiful things I think we need to be a bit more proactive about.
1: Mm, Seems like a a matter of being alert, but not alarmed.
0: Indeed. Alert, but not alarmed. That's a nice summary.
1: Toby Walsh is the chief scientist at the University of New South Wales AI Institute. This episode was produced by Veronica App App, Flint Duxfield, Sam Dunn, and Anna John, who also did the mix. Our supervising producer is Stephen Smiley. I'm Sam Hawley. To get in touch with the team, please email us on ABC News Daily at abc.net.au. Thanks for listening.